Are the expectations way too high? Where do we go from here? The only question, how long can it last? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Zero to 100. I'm Zach DeSalvo, joined by the guys, Alex Crescenti and Eric Padilla. What's going on, fellas? It's going great. Uh, we're back in sort of normalcy. We got things to talk about, like actual sports and events are happening. So I would say cautiously optimistic. Yeah, everything's everything's going good. It's I'm glad to see Crescenti could make it to work today. Because he was going last weekend, I don't know, being an idiot in Disney. So I'm glad he's here. I, can either, to... I, I can't talk about the details of the covert operation, but uh, just know that uh, if a couple Lakers get a develop a cough in a couple weeks, I mean, hey. Uh, oh, jeez. Yeah, apparently Jimmy Butler is uh, under some sort of quarantine as, of, as we speak right now. So I don't know what you did to him, but I've got a, I've, uh, I've got a problem with you if this was you behind it. No, no, I would never, I would never harm the the Miami players. You know that. <laughs> well, I think uh, I think Padilla said it, or Crescenti said it best. Perhaps a little return to normalcy. This is our first pod, and I think the last probably four weeks where it's been just the three of us. We had uh, me and Crescenti were both gone different weeks this last couple months or last couple weeks, and then we had a guest on a few weeks ago as well. So this is all back to normal. You've got three guys here, and we're gonna get into it. So let's kick it off with the headlines. Folks, it's Monday night. Time for headlines. Crescenti, what's your headline today? Guys, mine is a bit of a mix of, say, politics and sports here. I know a lot of people don't like that word, the P word, when they hear that, they, especially when it's mixed with sports here. But um, I, I don't know if it happened this week or maybe even last week. But back on July 23rd, our dear president, Donald Trump, said that he was invited by the Yankees to throw the first pitch here in the next couple of weeks uh, for a Red Sox-Yankees game at Yankee Stadium. And uh, guys, brace yourself. You're not going to believe this? That was a lie. Can you believe it? <laughs> that w- turns out that the Yankees did not invite Donald Trump to throw out the first pitch. But, um, I mean, I don't know why you would lie about something like that. I mean... Uh, we've had a few years of this sort of action, but I found it kind of funny because I would have loved to seen a side-by-side comparison between Trump's first pitch and Dr. Fauci's first pitch. Who I don't know if you guys saw that one, but it was uh, it was a little rough. But maybe I'd give him a pass because he is a 79-year-old man. So I mean, and also it's a lot more daunting once you get up on that mound. It's a lot further than it looks from what I. He also now. apparently Fauci was uh, he had been practicing all week. Um, but he was only throwing from 40 feet away. And then he didn't realize that the professional mound is like 60 feet away. So yeah. he, he, I guess he said when he threw the pitch, he didn't realize how far it was till he was out there. And then he tried to put too much mustard on it and just ended up going the other way. It's that humidity from that DC atmosphere. It's, you know, it could have slipped out of the hands, you know, whatnot, but it will definitely be one of those ones next to like Jay-Z and, Ariana Grande. No, not Jay-Z. Uh, wow. I can 50 cent uh, 50 cent. Yeah. I don't know why I said Jay-Z. Um, but yeah, it's going to be of those ones where you see the compilations of different people just throwing terrible pitches. I don't think you give them a pass. I mean, they know in advance that they're going to be throwing out the first pitch, go out, practice, go but, throw a couple balls. Like no, with Fauci, I mean, it's that, okay. He, there's a lot of other things I want that man focused on right now, and throwing a baseball is not one of them. So I don't mind that he 
was not prepared for this. <laughs> but according, um, Trump is saying he needs to fight uh, this a strong focus on the Chinese virus uh, and has many meetings on the vaccines and our economy. And that's why he won't be able to throw out the first pitch on August 15th. Uh, maybe later this season, he said, though, if we do have a later this season. But guys, would you like to see Donald Trump throw out the first pitch? I'd like to get I'd like to see him get hit with the pitch. Probably not throw <laughs> one out. <laughs> like he's in, put an Astros jersey on him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's probably he's probably really pushing to try and get that first pitch out now be, when there's no fans in the audience because his last couple appearances in baseball stadiums haven't gone that great for him. So yeah, especially in a New York crowd. Um, I yeah, can only imagine how that's going to go with a uh, fifty thousand people in there. Yeah, we should just let him go up to bat and then have Joe Kelly on the mound. Ooh, and Ooh. let him let him throw throw a couple pitches. Yeah, yeah you, you guys are throwing out a lot of good scenarios. So, Christina, to answer your question, yes, I'd love to see Trump throw an opening pitch this season. And then Joe Kelly just walks off with the you know the the face that he made, the pouty face. Yeah, yeah the pouty face there. All right, Padilla, what's your headline? All right, so my headline again, it's it's a little little weird, a little funny, um, but it is five ways the coronavirus has changed how we eat fast food. Oh, um, so basically yeah. with this with this topic, um, it's just talking about how everyone right now, especially with everything kind of closed and stuff like that, obviously, are go. I mean, people don't want us to really cook at home, like for those who like to go out and eat and stuff like that. Right now, your options are either takeout from some of those restaurants you usually go to or the easy way out is basically going to fast food, which I'm sure Crescenti does constantly when he eats five meals a day. <laughs> But they had like they had some stuff to where they're saying that people right now, when it comes to fast food, they're spending more money because they're getting more food. So usually the average person like at a coffee shop will go in, get a coffee or a sandwich. But now apparently people are going in, getting multiple coffees, getting multiple orders of food. And basically the, um, the, they're saying that the average check size grew 25% since wow. COVID started. And, I guess that's um, good news for the economy that they're that people are yeah going yeah more. I guess so. And then uh, this one's this one's an obvious. So obviously the drive-throughs are thriving. So I mean, if you if you I'm sure you guys are driving around, you'll look at a drive-through at some fast food restaurant. It's packed. I feel like I haven't seen a drive-through yet that there aren't a million cars just waiting to either put in their orders or get their food right now. Just because I mean, some people don't really some people don't like cooking food, and so they like getting takeout and that kind of stuff. And I mean, normal restaurants right now, I feel like those ones are taking forever to get like your order kind of. So the next best thing is fast food. And then they're saying that the digital sales, so basically like Uber Eats, uh, DoorDash, Postmates, all that kind of crap is basically just going insane. Apparently, <laughs> They said that it grew since last year it grew over 216%. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, so people are people are breaking their phones, breaking their bank for to get this food sent over to them because obviously some of them are scared to go out and be in contact with anybody or anything like that. Um the one sad thing though is breakfast is kind of breakfast is kind of tanking right now. It says that most places that kind of serve breakfast right now those ones are the ones that are kind of losing out on money because not so many people are waking up and actually going out and 
getting breakfast because usually people go out and get breakfast and then go and do something right now. I mean, there's not really much to be doing. So breakfast really isn't, isn't a thing. And then this one, this one's interesting. So this one, I don't know if you guys will agree, but this one is saying that midday is the new morning. Oh, so, sure. <laughs> yeah. So people are saying that right now, like anywhere between 11 and 2, 2 PM that that's like, that's the new morning right now, especially when it comes to like food decisions. And that's interesting. Um, yeah. And so I just, I don't know. It's, I mean, I'm not surprised obviously with food, with like people going and getting fast food, then staying at home and cooking and stuff like that. But I didn't think it was going to be like this big to where in the country people are having to just basically get so much food, especially from a fast food restaurant and all that kind of stuff. Like I feel like Crescenti is, Crescenti is a great example when it comes to these things. The man goes to Panda Express, gets, what is it, like a three side box, goes to Chipotle and gets a burrito and a taco bowl uh, and then sits down and eats all that in one sitting. Like, <laughs> Can I defend myself for just a second? Um, yeah, when I do the Panda and Chipotle combo, it's only one entree from Chipotle. Hmm. Not two. But I, yeah, it, it is the double plate or the the three plate over at the trip, the triple entree from Panda, and yeah. then the singular burrito from Chipotle. Yeah, it's only a bowl actually. Not a bowl. okay. Well, are you getting the tortilla on the side? Uh, no, nah, not a big fan. That's too many carbs, man. Too many carbs. Yeah, you, yeah, you gotta watch your waistline when you're eating three full meals. So. <laughs> but um, but yeah, that that last topic, like, do you guys think that's true? Like, the midday is the new morning now. I can kind of see that. I mean, I, I know like for me when I was going to work, you know, I'm getting my Starbucks at like 7am versus now, like I, you can kind of wake up slower and you don't, you don't really need that coffee like right away because you're not like seeing a bunch of people like you normally would. So I can, I can see that. I mean, I, I know I'm definitely not quite as, you know, early on the grind as I was before. I, yeah, I, I don't really I don't eat a whole lot of midday um, drive-through food. If anything, maybe a coffee, but that's about it. Yeah, definitely not drive-through. I, the breakfast thing makes sense though, because yeah. I think the biggest part is like, you talked about breakfast sales are down. Like no one wants to get brunch and breakfast to go. Like have you ever had eggs Benedict to go? It's awful. <laughs> that sounded really pretentious. <laughs> well, it should because it's, it's not as good as it is in person. A brunch to go. No, yeah, he I like my eggs Benny in person. Terrible so. Bennies. Yeah, because you get them home and then the eggs not as nice and and well, runny. If you have out to on microwave the your eggs. It's yeah. terrible. I mean, yeah. I mean, if to be honest with you, if you're getting breakfast to go, you got some fucking issues. Because I feel like <laughs> if it's not I a weekend, like, yeah, yeah, but like, like a McGriddle. Food, well, th- that's different. That's fast food. But like Zach, like you ain't gonna get eggs Benny from a drive-through, are you? Oh, not well from a drive-through. No, but you maybe could like Uber eat something or, yeah. you know, you want to support like, yeah. your local businesses. So, yeah, I just feel like when it comes to breakfast, like I feel like breakfast food tastes so much better when you're actually eating it in the restaurant. Oh, always. Instead yeah. Of, yeah. Instead of actually getting like Uber eats. And like you said, like, I mean, usually when you get food from like Uber eats and stuff like that it takes so long to get it that it's not as fresh. And so I feel like with breakfast food, it has to either be, it has to be fresh or it's like not good at all. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, n- I never get like breakfast food on Uber Eats. If anything, maybe like a breakfast burrito because that's 
that's a little easier yeah. but yeah i'm not getting like pancakes and eggs benny sent to my house with a new breeds driver because then all of a sudden you get one of those uber eats driver that's apparently on a bicycle and you're like dude 40 minutes later it takes them to get halfway across town that is the <laughs> worst seattle yeah that's true <laughs> all right well for my headline um this one i i'm sticking with the food theme a little bit and then we also talk about lifestyle topics here so we're gonna get a little fashion involved but this was actually uh this was shared with me by one of my my coworkers and buddies, Dan Marconi. But uh, the headline is Crocs release KFC clog that smell like fried chicken, and they sold out in 30 minutes. So um, apparently, Crocs, the the classic you know comfy rubber slippers brand, um, they wanted to release something for all the chicken lovers out there. So they're also kind of hopping on this new chicken sandwich, fried chicken crave that's going on. But uh, they released a shoe and. We'll drop the picture of this on our Instagram and Twitter, but the shoe literally has like an imprint photo of a bucket of fried chicken, and then there's like a little drumstick on the top of the of the shoe, like on the top of the instep. And then apparently, uh, these shoes also smell like fried chicken. So I don't really know how that's going to mix when they start getting the feet smell involved with them. But apparently, these things sold out in 30 minutes, which is absolutely insane. Is it one of these deals where they smell good for like the first day and then after that you can't smell the fried chicken? I don't know. I can't imagine that the smell would stay that long, but uh, apparently they they smell strong. And Crocs has a pretty big following still. They kind of are that, you know, classic feel. So I, there's a lot of people that are big Crocs people. And I don't know. They, they, posed, they released this with an Instagram post that said, the saying is true, good things and Crocs that look like a bucket of fried chicken come to those who wait. Jesus. Did they like dip these Crocs in like their chicken grease or something? I have no like, idea. I don't know how like, you get the smell of chicken on, on rubber shoes, but. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just imagine that chicken and feet. That's a great fucking smell. KFC. <laughs> Idiots. I mean, I guess the one person in your life that would, or maybe not a person necessarily that would enjoy this is your dog. Right. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Man, Noki would be all over those. He's already yeah, kind of like, stealing shoes. But Dogs would love it more than humans. I can't imagine you walking in and, and your girlfriend uh, is going to be enjoying that smell. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I just don't know that I... I guess I could kind of see the if people want the shoe itself, but the smell thing is weird. Like the imprint of the fried chicken is bizarre. And the weirdest part is literally like the rubber drumstick on the top of the shoe. Like when you see the picture, it's the weirdest thing you've ever seen, but... I don't know. People liked them. They'd sold out in 30 minutes. So it must've been a popular shoe. Did you get one? No, I did not. <laughs> I'm not a big KFC guy. You know, if it was like a, if it was something different, maybe I would. Are got you it. a big Crocs guy? No, actually. I don't think I actually, I, I have owned a pair of Crocs. My, my brother got me a pair of them for Christmas one time. Like the slipper ones. They are comfy. I will say that. Isn't Tom Brady a Crocs guy? I thought he was Uggs. Oh, yeah, Uggs. Yeah, that's right. That's Uggs. Oh, now, I have owned a pair of Uggs. Uggs. Ugg moccasins. Yeah. Yep, they're the best thing in the fucking world. Yeah. Well done, Tom. Well done. So, earlier this week, we were greeted with some, what is only can be described as fantastic news if you are a college football fan. The Pac-12 specifically announced its 10-game schedule, so every team will be adding a single game onto their schedule. Conference only still, but it is a vast improvement from where we were just a month ago. And then the week took a bit of a turn when some players within the Pac-12 in different 
schools and universities um, basically came out with a list of demands that they want happened. And they said, basically, if these demands aren't made, we're not going to play. Um, I think also getting paid was uh, part of it as well. So guys, it was an up and down kind of week, but how are we feeling at this point? You think we're going to be having some Cougar football come in the next seven weeks or so? I'm not sure. I mean, we like once they sent out that uh, the Pac-12 schedule, kind of like their 10 in, in conference games, um, I had, I was kind of excited. I was just like, okay, so we, we are going to have a season. They're working on it, whatever. But then, like you said, we end up seeing that's this stuff about Pac-12 players like starting basically this group that just like a group of players just don't want to play. So it kind of like, I'm really interested to see how the PAC 12 is going to handle that because I mean, the way PAC 12 handles anything, it's not great. So it'll be interesting to see how they can kind of go about that and just hear what the players have to say and just kind of what they're concerned about. Yeah. It's interesting. I've got the, the list of their demands pulled up in front of me and they want, they want to distribute 50% of sports total conference revenue evenly among the athletes in their respective sports. Um, Six-year athletic scholarship to foster undergraduate and graduate degree, degree completion. They want an elimination of all policies restricting freedom of speech. They want the ability of all players in all sports to transfer one time without punishment. And then they want the ability to complete eligibility after participating in a pro draft if a player goes undrafted. So they're kind of they're really using this moment to, you know, kind of like Chrisetti pointed out, like they're asking for a lot of these things that players in college sports have wanted for a while, which is really interesting to see if they're going to be able to pull that off. Yeah, it is interesting because there's no way that they're going to get everything, but there are some really good points that they bring up. If you go undrafted, you should be able to theoretically come back. I mean, you're not a professional. And the yeah, didn't, whole idea of didn't the NCAA just is do amateurism. That? Yeah, didn't they just do that for uh, – for- college basketball like if you go undrafted you're kind of able to come back yeah i I think i I forget what the loophole is exactly but the best example i can think of is with uh, washington state in specific hercules mataafa he went undrafted and you know yeah i know yeah he got a roster spot with the minnesota vikings but he tore his acl but you know maybe he could have benefited and we could have benefited certainly from him coming back one more year and who knows what could have happened but that's just one example I think you should be able to come back. Yeah. If you go undrafted and you're not a professional athlete, I don't see why not. Yeah. I mean, this reminds me a lot of the, like the Texas Longhorns players earlier this year that they kind of came and asked for a bunch of demands. Like they wanted campus actions. Like they were trying to, you know, get a bunch of names removed from buildings of people that were like slave owners in the past. And then they, they wanted more, you know, diversity in their hall of fame and things like that. But um, that one was interesting because they basically said, that they're not going to participate in any recruiting efforts, which like, that's how you really kind of get at the NCAA. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to see here with these players, if are they because they're, they're just, I'm assuming they're just saying they're not going to play, but it's interesting that it doesn't seem like it's anything really related to COVID, right? Like they're not saying we want safe working conditions. Are they? I um, think that's part of it. Isn't there like just basically like if they're going to play, obviously they, want to be safe they want to have something put in place to where they're not going to be affected by this i think i mean you would think that but i mean it sounded in that list that it was more of just some other big things that they wanted done 
Yeah, I mean, it seems like the Pac-12 hasn't come out with any sort of, I mean, maybe they have kind of under the table that we haven't heard about, but I don't know about you guys. I haven't seen any sort of like plan for how the Pac-12 plans to deal with COVID. I mean, are they going to be testing these players as often as like these professional sports leagues are? And if so, like, I don't understand how there's any way possible that you're not going to have this be a complete disaster like the MLB is seeing because... I mean, it's, you know, way more players than it normally would be and people involved. And you're going to have all these athletes coming from like all across the country to come back to campus and then are really going to expect that none of them are going to be testing positive. Like it just seems like it's kind of a disaster waiting to happen. And maybe the Pac-12 itself is a bit of a hot zone in terms of the fact that the, the amount of the country that teams have to travel is maybe further than any conference in America, really, when sure. you had considered that you, it, this stretches from Arizona, Southern Cal, all the way up to Seattle and Boulder, Colorado. It, it really stretches a mass amount of the country. And some of those places are COVID hot zones, whereas the SEC, where, yes, they do have the Florida Gators, and that's a small town, they don't have necessarily a very large travel uh, schedule. They don't have to go in and out of major cities for the most part, these are pretty small towns so that they can bus into um, pretty easily. And I don't know how it's going to work traveling day of game and whatnot, but I've not seen really any plans from any conferences or universities themselves when it comes to, okay, how are we going to deal with this crisis? Because I, I think um, the first game is going to be played, what, September 26th for most teams yeah. in the country. I that's coming up quick and this crisis is still going to be very much here come the end of September and so we're kind of waiting here and be like okay if you don't get your shit together now you are going to be baseball all over again and we're going to be canceling the season two three weeks into this experiment and it's not going to work I know we love our football but you got to get your act together now you've got to come out with a plan now well, the problem here is these aren't even like paid athletes. I mean, they're, these kids haven't got the chance to make any money yet. And I, I know like, you know, coronavirus doesn't have as horrible impacts on young people as it does on older people. But I mean, if you're an athlete and you're depending on your ability to, you know, to be in shape to perform, and that's how you're hoping to make money one day, like, you know, COVID-19 could have some long-term it's effects a respiratory on like, issue. respiratory. Yeah. I mean, respiratory issues and, and things like that are definitely going to impact these players. And you know, if you get coronavirus playing when you're not even getting paid to play, then I'm not surprised at all that these players are upset and not wanting to come back and play. I'm oh, yeah. I'm surprised yeah. that more players are doing this. Yeah, that yeah, because I feel, I mean, uh, this might start a trend, but I think, I mean, obviously with COVID and everything like that, like these demands are going to be pretty hard to to do. But at the same time, it's just like, it's kind of good because obviously, you know, my relationship with the NCAA, I fucking hate them. Um, but this is like, this is the perfect time to come in and ask for these demands. Cause guess what? They're slowly starting to get their season going. And when you have players come out and be like, Hey, we're not going to do this because we want all of this. Like I'm all with the players. I could care less if NCAA falls, doesn't follow through or whatever. It really doesn't matter to me. I'm just glad these players are like now standing up for themselves and just kind of addressing like hey these are the things we've wanted for a while we they've been brought up before and NCA just kind of like laughed at them just kind of threw it out but like this is a perfect time to do it because especially in the Pac-12 with them having their their schedule just brought out on Friday 
And now they're just like, no, we want this before we even go out and play. Now it puts them into the situation to where it's like, okay, we need to handle this or we might not have a season. I mean, but it also depends on how many players are actually part of this group that don't want to actually play. But yeah, I'm all, I'm all with it. I hopefully they get it done because fuck the NCAA. It's interesting to see how differently some of these sports leagues handle this because I mean, you have the NBA who basically like left everyone in limbo for a month or two and didn't say anything. And they came up with their plan and then they released everything at once. So you kind of know, okay, here's how we're going to deal with this. Here's how often we're testing people. We're going to this offsite location, all this stuff, but college football, it really seems like they're kind of just like releasing this one step at a time. So like now the PAC 12 announced that they are having a season, but we don't know anything about how they're going to deal with COVID. And then like, how does this impact, you know, the college football playoff? Because it's everything's pushed back a little bit, but we don't know anything about like they're doing all this stuff regionally within their conferences to try to prevent, you know, people from having to go across the country to play teams and, you know, have people contracting COVID even at an even higher chance. But how do you deal with the playoff? Like what exactly are these teams playing for? We just don't even know that yet. Yeah. A couple of notes there. This is maybe the greatest argument in the case for having a commissioner in college football. Cause right now the NCAA yeah. is the governing board, but it doesn't really govern itself. Like the conferences are kind of saying, bleep you, we're going to do our own thing. Um, the, the NCAA only has so much power in that sense. And, but you need a commissioner to sort of consolidate all these teams under one umbrella. That way everyone's playing by the same rules right now. It's just a wild, wild West. You got the SEC playing only eight conference games, whereas the PAC 12 and the big 10 are playing nine. It, it's just, oh, there's no sense of uniformity across the board there. And then also you were mentioning that the schedule coming out here um, and also the, the playoff, how's that going to work? I don't see a scenario where bowl games are played all over the country, right? There's no way they're going to be playing down in Miami and all these other sites. Um, and so what I would say is maybe this is finally the chance to see my utopian society come to fruition with maybe a 16 team playoff instead, because there's just no other way of maybe doing this fairly because the writing's on the wall. Oh, we're just going to naturally, if you still are at sitting at four teams, they're going to give a spot to the uh, big 10. Uh, they're going to give a spot to the sec of course, and maybe even two and then uh, a wild card at four that probably goes to Oklahoma. Right. So like there's your final four already. So they have to expand it. Right. Because I don't see bowl games happening. Yeah, no way. I mean, bowl games, you're, there's what, like 50, 60 bowl games, and are they really going to try and 45. bring, you know, 100 teams traveling all over the world, not the world, all over the country? No, but, world too. Bahamas, remember? Yeah, true. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. guess that's true. But there, like, there's just no way they can do that. I mean, and especially like most of these health experts are saying we're going to have another kind of wave in the wintertime when flu season comes. So I don't know. I, th I think part of this is that the the NCAA kind of seems like they're banking on the fact that maybe in the late fall, kind of early winter, we're going to have a vaccine. And then maybe they're saying, okay, we can get enough, our hands on enough vaccines to like, if we can just keep this thing kind of rolling till October, maybe this will be solved by then, which is a pretty big gamble, but not surprising mm -hmm. by the NCAA. Uh, even if a vaccine comes out next month, you're not going to have it solved by October. Um, and neither of yeah. those are going to happen. Yeah, no <laughs> <So> way. <laughs> No, yeah, it, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see how they deal with this adversity. And yeah, you did mention the flu season is going to be happening, but 
I, it's, it's, I would love to see it because what, are, what else are we going to be doing on our Saturdays? I've never had to live through a fall without college football. So then Is it going to hurt you that bad? Well, yeah, man. Like how many, how much, what else did we do? Uh, you know, I guess you're going to have to watch some NBA, Chrisani. That's over in mid-October. Yeah, no, I know. I, I I think you make a good point though. I mean, like it's it's been so awesome having the NBA ba- and baseball too back to kind of have sports on again. But if if you know if baseball ends up canceling and then the NBA is the only one that can really hold on, and then we don't have football, like everything's gonna kind of come to a screeching halt again up here in September, October when we have nothing to watch for sports again, which is gonna be tough. So I'd like to take a quick dive into the Cougs schedule here yeah revived revised here so i'm looking at it quickly and i have never seen a harder home schedule than maybe we have this year would you guys agree yeah i mean for the listeners utah at home oregon at home cal at home arizona state at home and then u-dub at home is a pretty brutal home schedule (laughs) i mean and then usc on the road Stanford on the road, UCLA on the road, Oregon State on the road, Colorado on the road. It's really, a, we, that's a yeah, we had we just have a tough schedule. Yeah. I don't think it really matters home or away. It's just we just have a tough schedule this year. And it's weird too that um, it kind of sucks because with how tough the schedule is, and in this in this maybe being a year where the Cougs aren't as aren't super good. Like it's kind of the one year where we actually have Apple Cup, uh, another game after Apple Cup. It seems like every year it kind of comes down to win apple cup and you're in the in the uh pac-12 championship or lose it and you're out and now the one year that it might not come down to just that game where we'd have another one as kind of a buffer where we're not going to be able to we might not even get to see it yeah, yeah but i mean if if this season is like if this season ends like every other season has ended especially with the apple cup i mean we lose the apple cup and then we have to watch another game like i feel like after we've lost apple cups in the last few years, we're kind of we're kind of over the season. We're just like, all right, let's bring on the bowl game. Let's see if we can win this one. And now we have to go yeah, through we've Apple our Cup. Bowl games. So. Yeah, we basically have to go through Apple Cup. And then if we lose that one, I mean, I'm not going to be excited about watching them play Colorado. Are you guys? Uh, I mean, if something's on the line, maybe like, yeah, determined. Would- yeah, but basically. Yeah, if there's a chance at a bowl game, maybe. But it, I, I, like I said, I highly doubt that's going to be a thing. If you do look at it, though, like we're the only team with a rivalry game intact in terms of the date. Like Oregon and Oregon State, formerly known as the Civil War, is in week four. Cal and oh, I didn't even Stanford notice that. Is in yeah. week five. USC and UCLA is week one. <laughs> so this is all over the place now. They just like scrambled everything but in a weird way like do we have a better home field advantage now because no one's in the stands like you have to fly into bumbly pullman and like it's going to be a literal ghost town it's one thing to fly into seattle or los angeles but or tucson but one thing to to, into flying into pullman and it's just no one there like that's got to be eerie for some of these teams and we have no you don't think our fans help no, I think because the setting is there's not going to be really any fans within any stadiums, I think it gives us a weird advantage because it just takes players out of their, you know, out of the realm that they're used to. Like, so, yeah. like, you know, say we got um, Utah, 
they, they, their campus is in downtown Salt Lake City. So they're going to be used to being seeing people around. But all of a sudden, you're going to take them and fly them from a big city into a little town where there's little, literally no one there. They're going to check into a hotel where they're going to see maybe two people at the front desk and they're going to have their food cater, and then they're going to go to a stadium where they're going to drive and see no one along the way. It's just, it's just a weird – it's going to be a weird vibe that in a weird way we might have some home field advantage that takes people out of their element. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think – I feel like our fans usually help us because our, our stadium's so small that we can that – that we always kind of fill it. Sure. But I don't know. I – like I, I feel like it'll really just depend on you know where like where the game is because some of those you know schools that like uh, I'm trying to think of who on this list is is one that notorious I mean like a UCLA game or like even at Cal I feel like those are never super you know big crazy loud fan bases so maybe for those it it would be it would be kind of the same but if you're if you're losing your fans I think that's going to be really tough especially for college athletes who haven't ever really had to deal with anything like this like yeah. That Colorado game, that week 11, man, that could be dumping snow by then. Oh, probably. It's, it's December 5th, I believe, that game. And yeah. in Boulder, oof, this late into the season. I am also kind of surprised, like how you said, how with the rivalry games, ours is really the only one that kind of stayed on the same time frame like every other year. But you would think like you would want to change it because isn't there always issues with this whole Apple Cup thing to where it's like people have to go the next day after thanksgiving the roads are super shitty mm-hmm. and we're getting like car accidents and stuff like yeah. that you would think that they would finally figure well not so much figure it out but for this year make it a little bit earlier which i mean doesn't make it that great but no one's going to the game anyway yeah but you would right. you would also think like okay let's let's change this obviously we've had the issues before with these certain things let's go ahead and get this game earlier in the schedule instead of the same time frame. Yeah, I don't know because I think I think schools probably still really want their rivalry game like at, to end the season just because not just because it's like tradition, but it's the one that everyone always looks forward to, and you kind of want like that to be your last game. But yeah, I don't. It is interesting. I didn't really realize how all these other schools are kind of scattered around. I'm surprised that they weren't able to still make it work to have rivalry games towards the end. I don't really understand why that would be difficult to plan when they do that every year all right everyone well uh you know back to the show again but we've got some actual sports to talk about which is really awesome uh you know the last over the last couple of weeks we had baseball come back and the nba came back um and i think for this segment we'll kind of specifically focus on the nba for the most part just because that was the really big one that came back and they've had a really awesome opening weekend what did you guys think of you know, first of all, to start just like how the game felt and looked, what did you guys think about that? Well, I mean, it was great to have NBA back and to have like scheduled games and know when they're playing and stuff like that. But these games, I mean, I don't know if Kresenny has said it on the pod, but I know he's definitely told us over our group chat about the defense. Like there's, I, from what I've seen kind of, um, defense really isn't there, especially in that Rockets-Mavs game. The Rockets-Mavs game. Yeah, that one just felt like it was like an all-star game, basically. there was They were just kind of sh- throwing up shots. It was crazy because they were throwing up just shots whenever, but they both shot so well. So it was – I don't know. It was just – it was a little weird, but, I mean, obviously they're going to have to get back into things, get used to everything again. So hopefully by – before 
the eighth game of their like eight game thing, um, they'll kind of get back on track and the defense will be there and stuff. But I mean, it's just great to have basketball back. It seems like the teams that do play defense, like it's, it's almost like everything is more extreme. So like, if you don't, if your team doesn't play defense, like it seems like the scoring is even higher. Like an example of that um, Houston and Dallas game, neither of those teams ever really played defense. And it was 153 to 149 in overtime game, which was crazy. But then you have teams like the Lakers and Clippers who are known to be stronger defensive teams. You know, those scores were 103 to 101. And like the Lakers played Toronto the other night, another two strong defensive teams. And like you could tell they were playing defense and these teams are like, that's I think for some of them that aren't quite in rhythm yet, like that's all they can really do to try and win these games is to to play strong defense but yeah but that Clippers and Lakers game I you can't say it was defense I mean it was defense at the end of the game but dude they could not hit a shot to save their life it was just oh yeah I mean it was it was some sloppy play for sure but it was a lot of sloppy play yeah but I think I do think a lot of the you know turnovers are like some of that is related defense like missing shots I think is something that we're going to see over the next couple days just because teams are still trying to kind of find their rhythm and get back and and it's just weird being in that environment, I think, to hit those shots. But, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, it's going to take them a couple more days to really kind of figure this out. Visually, this event looks really cool. I think they did a really good job with these courts, putting it in this facility. They've done a good job of, like, making sure that it's just not a bunch of empty stands that you see in the background and, you know, giving that sort of uh, almost like a summer empty league kind of feel. Yeah, it's a really cool vibe. It's dark um, besides the court and all that. But the court itself, I think they maybe designed it a little wrong because there's been, a lot, like you said, a lot of sloppy play so far. I've never seen players stepping out of bounds more than There has I have. been a lot of that, yeah. Like, they're still not used to, like, the color. It's like that thin strip that marks the out of bounds instead of, like, a big, solid black color at the end. Yeah. Whatever. But it's a lot of weird, sloppy play. Um, and then also, I, I'm trying to figure out why they even invited you know, the teams that they did because I'm watching the Pelican, Pelicans <laughs> yeah. game yesterday, and I'm like, these players don't want to be here. They are trying to get in and out as fast as possible. It's very clear. Like, I know the Pelicans still mathematically have a shot, and they're in it, and people talk about them probably because just because of Zion, naturally. Come on, there's no other reason we talk about them um, because, you know, they're, they're not going to be – in it after these eight games but why not just start the playoffs um, why why do you invite these teams other than maybe local tv contracts right yeah yeah you're you're right and i think you're you hit the nail on the head it was all because of zion like they you know all the reporters were kind of saying that they they've heard that the nba really wants to get zion on the playoffs and they really want him to be that eight seed but i think you make a good point that i don't know if this is backfiring on them just because it kind of is looking like New Orleans isn't going to make the playoffs. And now you've basically like thrown in these teams that shouldn't be here. And now you're kind of getting some of these like really crappy games between those teams that are way outside of the, uh, the playoff you realm. You can't even watch all the games. Like there's games going on. Oh, there's a game right on going on as we record this right now. Yeah. Um, on ABC, it's the Celtics and the um, Blazers. Blazers. Yeah. Yeah. But you're kind of watching some of these and it's like, okay, like why, why aren't all these games on national TV right now? But then again, like, do I, 
I could care less if I don't see a single Wizards highlight, and I have not so far. I don't even have the Wizards <laughs> played yet. We were like they're, no, they're very today. selective on that. Like the on Friday, I think the first game was Orlando versus Brooklyn, and they I have no idea who won that game. They didn't even air it. Like they, it wasn't even on NBA TV. Yeah. So it's like they're definitely they're they're definitely not showing those those really crappy matchups. But but uh, at some it, point they're gonna have to. I mean, yeah, like you're gonna have teams playing good teams that you kind of have to feature them you got 22 of the 30 teams in there and i'm like i have not seen a single highlight from a lot of these teams so i'm like i oh they're in there like i didn't even know the suns were in this bubble but i'm like okay but i i have yet to see them play except for a couple tweets on there about the aaron baines uh, you know fan account uh, <laughs> and that like that's the only reason i know that they're in there and i guess playing well but I'm like, I, I just, like, can we just get to the playoffs? Like, this feels a little like weird, and I know like it's going to come down to the, on the in, at least in the West, it's going to come down to the Blazers and the Grizzlies for that eight spot, and they're going to have to play like the weird play-in game. Just get to that point. Like, why do we do this? Like, I, it gives the teams a chance to warm up properly, yes, and get them in 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 tune for the playoffs here in a few weeks. But I'm just kind of watching this. I'm like, eh, I mean. Let's, it let's is cool it. to see some of these teams like the ones that you can tell the ones that do want to be there because they yeah. really are try- like that Lakers Clippers game on Thursday was awesome like even though it was sloppy you could tell both of those teams kind of wanted to make a statement and and for, like for the Lakers I mean winning that basically seals them the one seed but even like that Utah and New Orleans game like you like you could there's a big difference between the scrimmages which were just absolutely like no one cared about and now these seeding games that actually do matter for a lot of these teams so it's it's kind of a cool format I almost wish the NBA would do this every year where maybe they'd play like a 60 game regular season and then you take all the teams that made the playoffs and maybe a couple outside of that and you kind of throw them in this mini seeding schedule where they play all these games that matter even more because now the seeding can flip so much because everyone that's actually in is playing each other Sounds a little too complicated, but okay. <laughs> I don't know. Anything you don't like so far? I feel like we haven't seen enough to where, yeah. I mean, I didn't like the fact that Big Shot Bosch was on the on the monitor watching from home. Hate seeing that dipshit. I was wondering but, about the, the monitors. I'm like, they must have some sort of delay because yeah. what's – stopping someone from like knowing they're on the the screen and then just like dropping their pants right there is that what you're gonna is that what you're planning on doing (laughs) no but i'm just saying like what's like they they like um they must have thought of everything but i'm like you know what's like the people on the internet are 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 creeps um so oh yeah i would definitely do something like that if i was (laughs) able to get on the monitor I it's I don't know like it looks kind of cool but and it kind of gives the the sense of the fans. One thing I do love when we talk about fans and and sort of filling the stadium, I love the cardboard cutouts of the baseball games. I don't know about you guys but like like get rid of all the nets and I want to see like a graveyard of like smashed cardboard cutouts of fans. <laughs> that would be awesome to see a baseball a go fly ball into like a hitting. baby cardboard cutout and just yes. like drill it in the face. And, like, make it, like, a bunch of, like, celebrities or, like, old historic figures. And then, like, we'll see, like, oh, this person, you know, got it today, you know? Well, uh, apparently in, like, baseball, like, I know, I think for the Mariners at least, um, I heard that they're obviously you can pay to get your 
you can get you can pay to get your own cutout and put in a seat and if a foul ball like hits your cutout they'll send you the foul ball oh really yeah you're about to see zach and noki and ariel just cutouts everywhere at uh t-mobile park Ooh. noki gets drilled by a line ball <laughs> off the third baseline noki might be the first dog to make an appearance on the cardboard cutouts i don't know if i've seen that yet you got a lot of good pictures of noki it could totally work I'll try and get him on the NBA big screens too, because I saw like Chris Bosh was able to get his way in there. So I think I think maybe I, we can sneak Noki on the screen. Oh, you think? But you, you think he, you're up at that level with Chris wow. Bosh to where you think you can get on there? Not me, but Noki. Yes, he's he's very famous. <laughs> you gonna slide into the DMs of the NBA like PR, like hey, like what's the login? Well, apparently they're just letting. It's just random fans. Like I think you yeah. just it's some. I don't know what they're doing, but you basically just go just on like a Zoom in, call yeah. and. So what team ones. are you going to be logging into, Zach? I should have done it yesterday for Miami at Denver. Then what I could have team? had like one jersey on and take it off and switch to the next one. <laughs> Chris, and he's going to have different laptops trying to log into every game. <laughs> every he's game a fan for of every team. <laughs> There's too many cities here. I got the Bucks. I got Toronto. I got Portland. I got Gold- well, Golden State. I mean, Portland, Boston. That's a that's a big matchup for you. With, that's a couple of your cities. So. Yeah, I don't know. I I think Portland's a team that's like, ooh, if they can sneak into that eight, I ca- I would rather see Portland in that eight seed than Memphis. Can we just kick Memphis out of here? I know, dude. Have you seen John Morant? Yeah, John Morant's been he's awesome. balling, dude. Have you seen Portland's so a full good. strength? You're I right, care though. less. Portland sucks. No, they don't. That that it does was, suck for the Lakers though, because you you got the one seed, and then if you have to face Portland, like it's going to be I a wouldn't... sweep, maybe five games if they play Memphis. With Portland, it's a toss up, honestly. I w- yeah, oh, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if Portland beat the Lakers. I mean, yeah, that's... Portland Portland's probably going to be would be the better matchup for like the fans to view. Yeah, but I mean, I I want to see John Morant. I mean, I don't like get the Blazers, to see fifteen so more could... years of John Morant. Yeah, but why not start now? Because it's going to be like a sweep. That's why. I mean, Blazers, John Morant, Blazers wouldn't even have made the playoffs. John Morant they against should. LeBron in round one would be kind of like, you know, Michael versus Bird. It'd be, it'd be the, the it's coming out the party. I don't know. All right. So we just said it's for the fans. And then you're like, nah, John Morant, even though he's going to get his ass whooped by AD and LeBron. Yeah. Why not? Why not see a rookie take his team to the playoffs and. I don't know. Sounds See like what he can do. LeBron. I mean, sounds like uh, I mean, you know LeBron's scared of the Blazers. <laughs> I mean, no, the Blazers. I mean, everyone's been talking about. It. Obviously, it's it's common sense. If the Blazers are in there instead of Memphis, oh yeah, it's a it's a great better a great better. It's a better matchup. And who knows? I mean, I mean, Blazers could easily get swept. Dame Lillard. Dame Lillard's so used to getting swept after the first round. So, <laughs> yikes! I don't know. They made a conference finals last year. Yeah, but who they beat the, the who they it. beat in the second round? Yeah, but hey, but remember. who'd they? <laughs> but who'd they? Uh, what was the what was the series? Uh, the conference finals. Yeah, the sweep. <laughs> and then the year be- the year before Chris that when they two lost. Teams. Uh, the year before that it was um, what was the year before that? It was the Warriors, wasn't it? Haven't they like lost the Warriors every year the past like three or four years? Something like that. Hmm. Well, what happened in the Blazers' first round last year? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Man, a lot of sensitive subjects around the Blazers on this pod right now. Uh, I just hate the fucking Blazers. I hate the fucking fans. 
Whoa, Ooh, whoa, whoa, suck. whoa, whoa. We, 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 take it back, Padilla. We have, I know for a fact we have Blazer fans listening right now. Oh, come at me, guy. I don't care. They're, they're terrible, dude. I hated oh. going to, these, to the Blazers games whenever that's, I'd go watch LKC. Fun. Dude, even their little kids, even little kids were doing stuff to me. I'm like, dude, you're about to get punched in the face. Well, what are they doing to you? They literally, when Dame Lillard hit that game-winning shot and waved, I had five kids come up to me outside the stadium and do that little wave to me. Oh, wait, Just you were at that game? in my face. Yeah, I was at that game. Oh. It was terrible. Damn, and it was little kids doing it to you, too. It That's was literally like, brutal. Yeah, 12-year-olds, probably TikTokers now. Well, not Stop anymore. <laughs> TikTok is soon to be no more. Um. Oh, wow. All right. All right. So, you, wow. I, I thoroughly enjoy going to Portland games. No, they're fun. No, Portland games are fun. Like, I mean, I have no issue with going to Portland games. It's obviously just not when they I knock mean, your team out of the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Especially would you in, have rather been, what would, well, I was thinking about this the other day. What would you have rather been uh, at that game? If you're a neutral fan, would you rather be at that game from um, last year or the 2014 Damian Lillard against the Houston shot game? It was basically the exact same thing. I know. <laughs> yeah. I think the, the Houston one was almost cooler because it was game six, right? So it was preventing a game seven. Yeah, and they hadn't yeah. won a series in forever. And the shot was – they were down by two, and the shot was to win it, whereas this one, they were tied. tied. So it was basically like you miss it, you go to overtime. But I don't know. Like that uh, – the one upside of this last year, like that Lillard-Westbrook drama was – so great throughout i think that that's what built that like series was that yeah just them going head to head and plus the shot was 40 feet out and the thunder were up by like 15 in the fourth quarter and then yeah the blazers came back and yeah it was yeah it was playoff piece saying it was a bad shot i mean true i mean 40 feet out like i mean anything way outside the three-point line i wouldn't consider that a good shot would you it depends on the player for Lillard, I, I, I maybe I would don't know that I would say it's bad. I mean, he was hitting those like all series, so yeah. But I mean, when you play about, I mean, you don't look to defend a guy that's forty feet out. I mean, obviously with Dame Lillard, probably yeah. But I mean, and with the buzzer about to go off, you know he's yeah. gonna take the shot. I mean, if Crescenti's out forty feet, I'm going and sitting on the bench. I'm letting him hit that shot. Playoff P struck again. It's just classic. Doesn't show up for the playoffs. So we'll, yeah. we'll see if he does it this year. For and, but that's, just, that's the thing. He actually played really well that game. And then this happened. But unfortunately, we're not going to be able to get that kind of moment where the fans are going just absolutely insane. And like, yeah. it's going to feel weird, like, watching a team celebrate a championship in an empty gym. Like, I'm trying to, like, imagine that visual right now. Well, like, even like, that, that Lakers-Clippers game, you had, like, LeBron hit the, you know, game winner or whatever, and then when he locks up those two guys and they miss when Paul George misses the shot at the end, like he kind of just walked off the court. It wasn't yeah, like they all did. Yeah. They yeah, all did. I mean, it wasn't like this. I mean, that would have been a crazy awesome moment if that was in Staples, but we just didn't get that. And I don't know. Yeah. yeah it's just going to be weird when a team like moves on. Uh, it's just, is it, how's it going to feel? We'll, we'll find out, but I just, I worry like, like it's just going to have an, like an empty feeling. Like, okay. Like that was fun. Let's, but I mean, yeah, it's I mean, it's gonna be like that. Look at baseball. Whenever they're hitting home runs, it's kind of just they why just are still running the base. Why are they still running the bases when they hit a home run? What's the? I point? don't know. Tradition. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah, you know baseball and their tradition. As is tradition. They hate change, but um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's you're basically just celebrating, just running around the bases. But like you said, with no fans, what's the point? All right, everyone. Well, we can't uh, we can't quite finish up the Pac-12 topic without introducing one of our upcoming things that we're going to be talking about at the pod the next couple of weeks. So we've got something really awesome for our our Coug fans here. We know a lot of our listeners are went to WSU, just like the three of us did. So what we're going to be starting uh, throughout the week is. We do like our, you know, food bracket challenges that we've been doing. So we've actually come up with our own uh, rest, like kind of sit down restaurant food bracket that combines restaurants in Pullman and in Moscow from, you know, around the WSU and U of I area. And uh, we're going to be releasing that this week. And then we're going to be having all of you guys, the fans kind of voting to see which one moves on. I know I'm pretty excited about this. What do you guys think? Oh, I'm super pumped about this. I mean, I was sad to see that. Two of our two of our favorite restaurants we all used to go to on a Sunday morning hungover didn't make the list, but they're also no longer a thing. But no, they a lot of good names in there, a lot of good restaurants. Um, this will be this will be fun. Yeah, I think we were the only people supporting Super China Buffet, so <laughs> sad to and see that one. Mountain. Sad to see those two go. Yeah, it stinks because you know where else can you get a buffet in the Moscow Pullman area? It's, I'm trying to think where you can get a, a nice sit down buffet, even though Golden buffets may be a thing in the past. Yeah, the goal. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yikes. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe the, the buffet model just doesn't work in college towns because you get a bunch of young hungover people like us that take way more than we paid for. That's true. <laughs> that's probably true. And also, I don't know if buffets will be surviving the next uh, year or two here. Yeah, the COVID um, probably would have killed them if it wasn't uh, yeah, that model. But no, there's a lot of really fantastic places to eat. I mean, when you consider that these are just two small college towns, like we're looking at the list earlier before we started recording. And I'm like, wow, there's some really great places between the two cities. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Where you started talking about the food that we would get there. And dude, it just made me hungry. It makes me want to go back to the area just just to get some of these meals. For the listeners that didn't go to WSU and are kind of following along, uh, you know, we definitely encourage you guys to, when we put these polls up on on Twitter to to vote for them, um, go take a look at, you know, these places on Yelp and and their websites and see which places you think would sound best. And, you know, if you've never been to Pullman, Moscow area, now is a well, now is not a great time to go. But when things start kicking back up again, uh, you got to get out there and try some of these places. I feel like some feelings are going to get hurt. I would really love if we can get some interaction with the restaurants themselves. I know there's a couple on the list that are very present on social media. Yep. And um, I just feel like uh, there's going to be a couple upsets here when we start filling out this bracket. And um, people aren't going to exactly be happy because I, I – People are very passionate, let's say, about some of these restaurants, especially in the Pullman side. For sure. Yeah, so definitely, listeners, let us know what you think of the bracket. Uh, share it with as many of your friends um, as you can and try and get them to join in on it. And we will have that up uh, you know, this week after we jump the pod. Yeah, and if you got any uh, U of I uh, friends that you know, hit them up as well. All right, everyone. Well, thanks for listening this week. Uh, you know, kind of as we mentioned before, we've got the the Pullman Moscow food bracket coming up this week as well. So keep an eye out for that on our Twitter account. And we'll be wanting to get your guys' reaction to what you think of the standings and which restaurants in that area you think are best. Anything else, guys? Well, wear your mask because I really want this football season to happen now. I got really excited at the beginning of the week. So wear your freaking mask so we can have football. Thank you. 
Krasenny didn't even wear a mask when he was at Disney World, so. I, that's a lie. That's a <laughs> flat-out lie. That one picture is just it, it, like, you know, the picture of Fauci at the game without a mask because he was taking a swig of water. I, it, that was, what, you referring to the pizza picture? I don't know. I got an inside source there that was just kind of on your tail the whole time. Uh, that's false. Yeah, your sources were, the, your group was really giving us the details on it. And they follow us on Instagram, so we were able to reach out to them. Damn. All right, everyone. Well, we'll see you next week. And TikTokers, we'll see you never. Oh, <laughs> later. Peace. <laughs>